Story time. There's a book in the Bible called the book of Esther. And in this story, in the, in the book of Esther, there's this incredible story. So it starts way, way, way back when, before Christ was born, a long, long time ago. And there was this group of people called the Israelites. And they did a lot of bad stuff. And so God said, hey, listen, you're not going to get to stay where you're at because you're being so bad. So what's going to happen is this country named Babylon is going to come over and they're going to beat you up. And then they're going to take some of you over to their place and you're going to have to live with them as their slaves and these people. So the Israelites are now under the control of the Babylonians. Then the Babylonians get taken over by these people, by like the Persians. It's like the Russian doll syndrome or there's always a bigger fish. Persia became the bigger fish. So now the Israelites are under the, like, under the control of a group called Persians. And the Persians have a king and his name is King Xerxes. Everybody say King Xerxes. King Xerxes had a problem and the problem was he ain't got no queen. He got rid of the last one because of some stuff she did. It was kind of messed up, but he needed a queen. So what did he do? He decides to hold a contest to find the best, prettiest girl he could find in all the land of Persia. So he brings all of these ladies who are virgins, all these virgins around here, okay, and he brings them to enter into this contest. And one of the girls' names was Esther, okay? And Esther had a secret. Esther was an Israelite. See, most of the girls were not Israelites because that would have been looked down upon, but she decided she was gonna keep it a secret. So she entered in this contest, but she had to keep the fact that she was an Israelite, or another name for him was a Jew. She had to keep it quiet. And a Jew meant that she was one of God's chosen people. So she has to keep it quiet. She doesn't tell anybody. Instead, what she does is she does her best to act like everybody else. She does her best to just kind of fit in, do what everybody else is doing. And so part of this contest is a year's worth of like manicures, pedicures, facial treatments, like a year's worth of like, they call it like oils and perfumes and stuff like that. So it's like, like, like the best day for a girl, but for a whole year, okay? So it's pretty dang awesome, right? And so she's entering in this and she's doing all this, but she's doing it just like everybody else and she's keeping it a secret. In fact, she does such a good job that she wins this contest. Now, how many of you have ever heard of the story of Esther? If you grew up in kid's church, you probably did. Okay, so the contest was a little questionable though, because it wasn't just like, who's the prettiest? Um, what happened was every girl that entered in the contest had um, a sleepover with King Xerxes, and um, they would win if, if whoever was the prettiest and whoever had the most fun on the sleepover would win. Um, she won. She won, and she became the queen of Persia. Esther 3.20, though, right after this says, Esther continued to keep her family background and nationality a secret. So remember, I, called, I said she was an Israelite or a Jew. Well, they had, like, they had morals, and they had these laws that God, God asked them to follow, and, and they had to live a certain way. But Esther, hiding the fact that she was an Israelite, definitely had to do things that she knew were wrong. She had to do things that she knew God would not be pleased with, but the fact that she hid who she was, she was forced to do those things. I think sometimes that can happen with us. We go to school and yes, we love Jesus with all our heart. We come here and we worship and we listen to the message and we read our Bibles and we do those things. But when it comes to our friends outside of maybe 4640, all of a sudden we feel like we maybe need to hide the fact that we know Jesus and we love him. We maybe even do things we know we're not supposed to do. Maybe we use language 
that we know we're not supposed to, but it helps us fit in better. Or we have to watch certain TV shows because it helps us feel, it's like if we don't watch the TV show, then we can't talk to our friends about the TV show. So I have to watch the TV show so I'll fit in more. Or maybe we go to the haunted house because if we don't go to the haunted house, then we're gonna have to stay home alone. We do things to make sure that we fit in and we want to be successful and we want to have friends. And we sometimes try so hard to fit in that it works. That when we leave here in 4640 and we go to school, nobody knows it's a secret that we love Jesus and that we've asked him into our hearts. And we do it so well that we become friends with all of these people. And so we're good at it. And honestly, Esther would not have won, she would not have become queen of Persia if she had not hid who she was. But God asked us to do something a little bit different. He says in Matthew 5, 14 through 16, you are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. But let's face it, myself included, I can remember even now as an adult, and especially in middle school, high school, I can remember times when I did things that I knew were wrong but it helped me fit in. And and I'm sure all of you can think of instances in your life where you've done that, where you've almost become like this chameleon. Like whoever you're around, you're gonna talk like them. You're gonna act like them. So when you come to 4640, you're gonna talk like a 4640 kid and you're gonna act like a 4640 kid. But when you go to school or you go go play on your volleyball team or you go play on the football team, you're gonna act like a football player. And a football player doesn't always act like a 4640 or Christ Follower. So we have this issue. We've all hidden our faith and our identity as a Christian from people. And here's the thing. I'm not here to judge because I know that we all do it and we have done it. And here's the truth. God can use the fact that you have hidden sometimes, hidden who you are to make friends with people who don't know Jesus. God can use that for some good, just like he did with Esther. So story time. So all this time, Esther has a cousin father. I know that sounds weird. Basically what happened, it's not really that weird. It's not like West Virginia, okay? It's like his, her dad had a nephew whose name was Mordecai. Everybody say Mordecai, okay? Her dad had a nephew whose name was Mordecai. Her dad died, so Mordecai adopted her, okay? See, that's not weird at all, all right? So Mordecai made the wrong guy mad, all right? He had been helping Esther, but he made the wrong guy mad, and he made a guy named Haman mad. Everybody say Haman. Haman gets mad because Mordecai didn't bow down to him when he walked by. Haman was like this big fancy official and everybody would bow down to Haman. But Mordecai was like, no, I don't, I don't want to fit in by bowing to you. I, I, I know that God asked me to only bow and worship him. So I'm not going to bow to you. Well, Haman gets really mad. And when I say he gets mad, and he wants to like get back at Mordecai. Now, when you think about, okay, this guy's not gonna bow down to me. I wanna get back to him, at him. What, what you, there's some ideas. You could be like, I'm gonna get the guards to force him to bow. Even I'm gonna kill that guy was probably an acceptable thing way back when. Haman goes a little crazy right here, okay? Rather than just kill Haman, he's like, I'm gonna kill Haman and I'm gonna kill 
every Israelite in the entire land of Persia. Every Israelite, thousands of people, because that one dude wouldn't buy. If you've ever heard of an overreaction, Haman just overreacted, okay? How petty can you be just because somebody didn't bow down to you? You're going to kill everybody, all right? That's a little, grow up, Haman. Take the high road every once in a while. That's what I got to say. Anyway, Haman goes to the king, and I don't quite understand the king. I don't know if he was just like, all the time, right? And he just didn't know what was going on. But Haman comes to him, and he's like, hey, um, there's this group of people uh, that aren't obeying all the rules, so I think we should um, kill them all. And King Xerxes is like, you're funny. Hey, sure, man, you kill whoever you want. Here's some money. That's what he does. He pays to have it. He's got, the, king, the king agrees to have everybody killed, like all the Jews killed. Okay, so Mordecai gets his bad news, and he's like, okay, this is bad, but I got an in, right? His niece daughter, Esther, is now the queen of Persia. If anybody's got a little pull with the king, you'd think it would be Esther. So Mordecai goes, hey, Esther, here's the deal. You need to go get this message to King Xerxes. The message is that if he doesn't change things, that they, everybody's gonna die, right? All the Jews are gonna die. Esther responds in this way. She says, um... Hold the phone, Mordecai. I understand that everybody's gonna die, but if, if I go tell him, or if I go, go try and talk to him, everybody knows, all the officials, all of the people know, right, that if I go to him without permission or being summoned by the king, that I'm gonna die. Like, if, if I go to the king and he's like, I didn't ask for you, what are you doing here? <sighs> My head is dead, right? So. His, her head is dead and the rest of her will also be dead because if you don't have a head, you die. So Esther comes back, says, I can't do that or else I'm gonna die. All of the Israelites, or her, all right? She's being a little, a little whiny, right? So Mordecai comes back and is like, um, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you forgot, but um, you're a Jew, just like me and just like all those other people that are going to die. So if Haman's order goes through, you're probably going to die too because everybody's going to find out that and you're going to, right? So Mordecai says this and he's like, come on, you have to go talk to him. You're the queen. And then he says something really interesting in Esther 4. He says, who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. So what about this? We... As Christians, we have a message that we need to get to our friends. And that message is that Jesus loves them, that he died on a cross for their sins, and that no matter what they've done, that if they call on his name, that they will be saved. They need to hear that message because if they don't hear that message, they're in trouble, right? And that's where we start talking about hell. That's where we start talking about if you don't ask Jesus into your heart and make him Lord and Savior, and when you do that, you get an eternal place in hell. But if you don't do that, the consequences can be really bad. And so we don't want our friends to die. And if they know Jesus, it says in the Bible that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Your friends need to get this message about Jesus. But we, like Esther, know what it could mean if we try and get that message to them. Oftentimes we start weighing the cost if I try and step out of who they think I am and, and come out as a Christ follower, we're worried. Just like Esther was worried that she 
what, what kind of death, like she would face death, we kind of wonder if we might see some things die in ourselves. Maybe if we go out and we ask our friends who didn't know that we love Jesus and we invite them to church, all of a sudden we're worried that we're, we're gonna see the death of some invites to some Friday night parties because they're gonna think we're too good for it. We're gonna see the death of this tough guy image. Like we go around and we act tough and we keep a scowl on our face and we treat people poorly. And if I, if I invite some people to Christ, and if I invite somebody to church, then now all of a sudden that's gonna like, that's gonna kill my tough guy image. Maybe it's gonna kill your reputation because now you're gonna have to think twice about telling that, like, that dirty joke. Or maybe it could, you're, you're worried that it could be the death of a friendship because somebody really doesn't like church and you invite them to church. And we get these fears of what it could cost us in our heads. We're, we are concerned, much like Esther. But much like Mordecai said to Esther, who knows if you were made queen for such a time as this, I would like to say this to you. We all have made that, that compromise in our lives where we maybe acted a little bit differently than we knew we should have to be friends with those people. And God wants to redeem that. God wants to ch- flip that around and say, maybe now, in this moment, for such a time as this, you are a friend to somebody who doesn't know Jesus. You're friends with the dancers. You're friends with the cheerleaders. You're friends with the video gamers. You're friends with the football players. And so maybe you've done stuff to be able to fit in with them and maybe God is saying, okay, now I'm, I'm forgetting all that stuff that maybe you did to try and fit in, but right now, for such a time as this, you're the perfect person to invite them to church. You are specifically, strategically friends with the right people that if you and nobody else invited them to church, they would say yes, because you have the right influence with them. In, the story, in this story, we're Esther, right? We, we are the person with the message, but who's your friend in the story? Are they the king? Are they the Jews? The truth is, guys, your friends are both. They are the king, who needs to hear the message. They need to get that message. And when they do, they will have to make a decision. They will, when they hear the message of come to church so that you can hear about Jesus and all he's done for you, they're gonna hear the message. And a king, as king of their lives, or queen of their lives, they need to decide what they're going to do with that message. And it's not to save somebody else, but it's to save their own soul. Guys, the only thing that you're responsible in doing is getting the message to them. You don't have to be responsible for anything else but making sure that they hear the message and as kings of their lives, they have to make a decision as to whether or not they're gonna save their own life or if they're not. But it might cost you guys. I understand it might cost you, but let's look back at the story of Esther. Long story short, Esther does go to King Xerxes. She risks her life to go to King Xerxes. King Xerxes hears the message and decides to flip the whole thing on Haman. He saves, Esther saves every single Israelite in the entire land of Persia and Haman gets impaled on a stick and dies for what he did, right? Because Esther was brave and courageous, she saved her entire nation. Guys, you can be brave and courageous and save your friends that do not know Jesus Christ. Care enough about your friend's eternal life. We're not just talking about this life on earth, but what we do on this life on earth matters for eternity, where we're gonna go when we die. Care enough about your friends. Risk a little bit of your life and your comfort 
to save their life. Guys, we're making this really, really easy on you guys. We've been talking the last couple months about invite and ignite, and we've, we've handed out some cards, and we said, hey, put five people that you know don't know Jesus and begin praying for them, praying for opportunity to ask them to come to church. And this next week, when we do what's called our trick-or-treat giveaway, it is the most fun bring your friend night we have ever done. It's a blast. This is our third year doing it, and all we're saying is that kid or that person that you know that you should be inviting, invite them and just say, hey, do you wanna come to 4640 with me? Because we're doing this awesome trick or treat giveaway. We're giving away 100 pounds of candy. It's gonna be insane. You have to come. We're making it really, really easy. And so those people, maybe they're on your top five of your invite and ignite cards. Maybe they're just somebody in, in, on your football team or, or your sports team or, or somebody that you know, invite them. Do what you gotta do. Get a ride arranged for him. Say, hey, why don't you come over with me after school and then my mom will take us to 4640 and then we'll drop you off after 4640. Figure stuff out like that. Say, I'll buy you a candy and soda in the cafe if you come with me. Listen, if all it takes is a buck 50 for you or $2 or whatever it is to get a candy and a soda for your friend to come to church, think about that. When you die and you go to heaven, you're gonna see your friend up there and you're gonna realize that the only reason why they came was because I said I would buy them a soda and a candy and that cost me like two bucks. Would that not be the best $2 you'd ever spend in your entire life, literally saving someone's soul? Am I right? Do what you gotta do to get them here. Say I'll do your homework or help them with your homework. I don't know, whatever. Whatever you gotta do to get them here to tell them, I'll talk to the coach about leaving early and just tell them why we wanna leave early. Do what you gotta do. And, and, and I understand that this is all the way next week. This is a week that you gotta remember, okay? So you know what you gotta do is you gotta hit the center button on your iPhone and wait for Siri to pop up and then say, hey Siri, remind me to invite my friends next Wednesday at school at 1 p.m. That's all you gotta do. And Siri will remind you at 1 p.m. next Wednesday, all right? Don't let, don't let you, don't forget, put a reminder in your phone. Make a point to make sure that you invite the people that you need to invite. It's worth it, okay? So let me explain how trick or treat is gonna work because this is gonna be absolutely insane. 100 pounds of candy, so what's gonna happen here, okay, is we're gonna have two doors up on the stage, all right? And so if you come next week, you will get your name in the raffle once. You'll get, it, you'll get your name in the raffle once. If you bring someone who has never come to 4640, you yourself will get five names in the, in the bucket, and your friend who has never come will also get five in the bucket. Five is more than one. I don't know if you know that. Now, if you bring three friends who've never come to 4640, they each get five times in the, five raffle tickets, you will get 15 raffle tickets, five for each new friend. 15 is more than five, which is more than one. If you bring 10 friends that have never come to 4640, you will get 50 raffle tickets, and it will be very hard for you to find all of those numbers, but 50 is more than 15, which is more than five, which is more than one, and you will have a really good chance of getting your raffle ticket picked. Now, if you get your raffle ticket picked, this is where the real fun starts, okay? So you get to come up there. There will be two doors up on the stage. One is gonna be a trick, and one of them's gonna be a treat. The treats are just tons and tons of candy, soda, all this awesome stuff, gift cards, all sorts of great stuff, right? So you knock on a door, 
and just like trick-or-treating on Halloween, you're going to knock on the door and you're going to say, trick-or-treat, and then some, somebody's going to come out and it's going to be a trick or it's going to be a treat. If you win the treat, it's going to be awesome, right? And so it is a blast. How many of you guys were here last year? Was it not the most fun we've ever had in 4640? So you need to make sure that you bring those friends because remember, maybe God has called you for such a time as this that you have the right influence with the right friends that when you invite them to church and when they come to church, here's what you got to understand. The message is not come to church. The message is what God has done for them. And next week, we will tell them what God has done for them. We will tell them and teach them that God loves them and died on a cross for their sins. And when they hear that message and they decide to make that decision to follow him, make him their Lord and Savior of their life, it will make all of it worth it. So be brave. It says in Romans 1, 1, uh, 1.16, for I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. The good news, that's the message we need to get to all of your friends who haven't heard it. So please, please, right now I want you to all close your eyes for a second. And I just want you to think about maybe that person or, or, or that group of friends that you know, maybe I've, I've hidden who I am from them. They don't actually know I come to 4640 or they don't know that I love Jesus, but I realize that they don't know who Jesus is and I need to fix that. Who has God called you for such a time as this to invite? Who is it that you and only you could invite and they would say yes, that's never come? Maybe it's your whole football team. Maybe it's, it's everybody that you cheer with on Saturdays. Who is it that you could invite? I want you to picture them in your mind. And, 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 and when we leave, we're gonna hand you flyers and I want you to put it in your phone as a reminder and I want you to make sure you have enough flyers to hand out to whoever you're gonna wanna invite. But they got to get the message or else, or else. We have to get them that message. Be brave, don't be ashamed of God who loves you so much. Be the messenger you've been called to for such a time as this. Let's pray. God, we love you so much, and I pray, God, that each person that doesn't know you, that these students have in their minds right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that they would come next week and that they would hear the good news about what you have done for them and that they would be saved. God, you say whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever believes in their hearts and confesses with their mouths that Jesus is Lord will be saved. Father God, we pray that every student in the mind of these 4640 students right here. Every friend, every teammate, every person they just kind of know that's in their minds right now that they say, I think if I invited them, they would come. All of those kids, that they would come here next Wednesday and that they would hear the message and that they would be saved. Father God, we thank you for what you're gonna do next week in the lives of these new students that are gonna be here next 4640. God, I pray for courage for these students in this room that they would be courageous, they would be brave, and they would be confident that if they invite these students that they will come and that they would do whatever it takes to get their friends to come next week and hear the good news. We love you and it's in Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.